This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. First Chronicles 14, verse 8 says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. And David heard of it and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thine hand. So they came up to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place Baal-perazim. God bless you. You can be seated. So good things are happening in the, in the tribes of Israel. Now David is king. That's a good thing. And Saul is dead, and David is now anointed as leadership over God's people. And David has the heart of a shepherd. David has a heart to lead and to, to, to help God's people reach the, the, the place where they need to be in God. But he's also a warrior. He's also a soldier. Praise God. And the Bible says when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, they all went up to seek David. Now, we understand that the Philistines are the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God's people. And they weren't coming up to pat him on the back and shake his hand and say, congratulations, hey, we're glad to hear you're king. You used to kind of be over here in Ziklag with us, and now we're excited. God's doing great things. That's not what was going on. The Philistines were God's enemies, and they were coming to destroy David, coming to attack him. And hear what I'm saying today. Don't be uh, surprised in any way when the devil fights in the times where you feel like, man, it just seems like things are going well. I've seen that kind of astonishment in people already where they say, it just doesn't make any sense why this would happen now. The devil knows what he's doing. The devil comes at times that are calculated and uh, has a strategy to overthrow. Amen. So sometimes he will come when it seems as though things are in the valley and things are, where are, are, are just piling up on you. And there's other times it just seems like at the, uh, at the peak of the mountain. And when things seem to be going well, that's a time when, when we can be surprise attacked. And, and, but here is, I believe, a very positive time in David and then God's people uh, in their life. life but, but the Philistines are coming. David prays. Somebody say he prayed. David prays and asks God, should I go on and fight this battle? That's always good. 
I know it seems like a no-brainer sometimes to fight the devil and fight the enemies of God. But listen, you, you can't pray enough about just what is the will of God. Amen. I can show you the mistakes that have been made in the Bible by good men that didn't stop and pray about a battle that seemed like an easy uh, uh, thing to figure out. Hey, they're the bad guys. We're the good guys. Time to fight. And God might just say, no, it's not that time. You do this. I'll take care of that. Amen. Sometimes it just seems, like I said, just so simple that this is the way it should be taken care of. But if you're not praying and if you're not careful to hear from God, you're going to mess it up. Josiah was one of the greatest kings of Israel. Josiah uh, did, did amazing things to bring revival and destroy idolatry. And Josiah stepped up and, and there was just a very, very notorious enemy that came against Israel at that time. And uh, Josiah says, hey, this is ours. We fight. We win against the devil. And the enemy said, why are you getting involved in this, Josiah? This isn't yours. This is not your battle. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the enemy knew more about this than Josiah did, a man of great revival. Hallelujah. Josiah said, man, this is in his mind, I would imagine. This is a no-brainer. We're strong. We're the people of God. You're the enemy. Come on, we're going to do this. God will sort it all out later. Josiah died in that battle. It was not the will of God to fight that battle that way that time. If he would have just stopped and prayed. And there's many places in the Bible where good men and, and that stand for God just didn't take the time. Said, this is easy. Hey, pray about it. Pray about it. God might have a, a, a different plan for that moment. Amen. David inquires of God and says, shall I go up against the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? The Lord says, go on up. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to give you the victory. Now, The Bible says God does just that, and God will do what he said he's going to do. Amen. David smites them, and David says, God hath broken in upon mine enemies, and my hand like the breaking forth of waters. And they call the name of this place Baal Perazim. Now, when we think about Baal, we think about the the God of the Canaanites and we think about the, uh, you know, idolatry. But that word Baal is really just a, a, a generic word that is used for God, just like the word God. Okay? When, uh, when somebody else uh, talks about the gods of the Egyptians, you don't say, what do you mean gods? There's, no, there's this God. That's, you just use that for the one true God. That's Jesus. No, the word God can be used for false gods and the true God. In fact, that word sometimes even in the Bible is used towards, uh, in a more, uh, a lesser sense, towards those that are held in authority and leadership, lords, you might say, over man. So some of the terms like God and Lord are not just, hey, Lord means Jesus, end of story. There were lords of the Philistines, right? So that name Baal really translates as Lord, which is a generic term. We know uh, uh, the, the one place we talk about uh, uh, Beelzebub or Baalzebub, Lord of the Flies, is what that's talking about. So that term Lord can be used and is used most often in the Bible towards false gods, pagan gods. 
when they're talking about let Baal come forth, they're talking about the Lord of the Canaanites. But here, David uses it in a conjunction with the word parazim, which means breaking forth or breaking through. Amen. And it's a plural word as well with the I am at the end of it. So he says, God, we're, we're gonna, God gave us a breakthrough at this time. The, we gave us a victory that just busted forth like water out of a broken vessel. And he said, God, we're going to call this place the God of breakthroughs is going to be the name of this town. Hallelujah. Because this is where God gave us a breakthrough. Amen. This is where God's power broke through everything the enemy boasted about, everything the enemy said he was going to come against us with. This was the time we got our breakthrough. Amen. This was the time God broke through all that the enemy had had put against us, and we got the victory. Amen. Can I tell you, I know and I'm praying for you that there are families and situations in the church that you're saying, God, the enemy's coming against me and I need direction. I need I, I need wisdom. I need you to tell me day by day, what should I be doing? How should I be handling this? How do I fight against the powers of the devil that come against me every day? I know we're living in a time. The Bible talks about a spirit of slumber. Amen. Just a, a laziness, a spiritual, God, give me my breakthrough. Are you fighting the battle? Are you a soldier like David? Are you willing to take up a time of prayer and say, God, how would you have me fight? How would you have me do this? Just very few verses later in this, the, uh, David prays again and says, hey, they're coming again. Should we fight? And he said, not this time and not this way. You're going to do it a different way, and I'm going to work a different strategy, and I'm going to give you victory. You just obey me. You've got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. You've got to have an ear in prayer to let God show you. Can I say it like we said it the other day? When to speak, when to push, when to fight, and when to forbear, and when to let God be God. God's going to be God either way, but sometimes God doesn't need your help. And sometimes God says, come on, we're going to do this together. But there's a spirit of slumber in the world today. There's this, there's this lukewarmness where people want a lot from God, but they don't want to really pray through for a, for a, uh, for a breakthrough. Amen. They don't really want to pray through for, for some, some direction. And, and it's going to cause you friction. You're going to come to the house of God and you're going to say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing the battle this way and I'm seeing this. And, and God, you just start from the beginning. God does some things just contrary to our way. Just to say, hey, this is the, the way I want it done. Amen. How about in the book of Judges? How about in, in the time where Balaam, and, or, or not Balaam rather, but uh, the time where they, they were coming against the, the Moabites and, and God says, you know what? You got too many there. You got too many. Do you just, just, uh, just tell some of them to go home if they're not. What? How would you, what in the world are you talking about, God? Too many soldiers. I want you to have this victory and know that it's me. Nobody would have come up with that. After thousands leave, he says, still too many. Take them down to the river. Give them the test. What, what, who would have come up with this? God says, That's, I'm the Lord. You do this, it this way. And when it comes down to just 300, praise God. God wins the battle that way. Sometimes we come to church and we're not really seeking God for direction and, and answers. We're not pushing through for maybe the direction even of a service like tonight. Maybe even the direction of specific battles going on. We want victory and we pray, but we're not really being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
God wants you in the place where he put you to listen, to pray, and to get direction from God. And the breakthrough is going to come. But in the meantime, you've got to be obedient. It's not going to be slumbering and, 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 and relaxed attitudes. It's going to be, uh, we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be diligent. We've got to let God have his way and keep seeking him for direction. Amen. And obey him. Let God lead you. Too many people that have failed, that have just fallen hard and, and feel like, you know what, well, I can sit down and I can tell you one step at a time, this should be done this way. This is, makes sense. This is reasonable. Lean not to your own understanding. Pray and let God show you. Amen. You read it down a little bit farther. God says, you know, I don't want you to attack straight on. I want you to go over here. And when you hear the wind blowing in the mulberry trees, that wasn't there that was God's direction. Who would have ever even thought of that? God said, when you hear that, that rustling, that's my time for you to fight then. They wouldn't have prayed and been sensitive to hear specific directions. They would have missed it. Are you hearing me tonight? I, I, didn't, I didn't expect to get hung up here too much, but I feel like we need to understand how important it is to be sensitive to God's direction. I preached to you a little while back about uh, how Abraham heard from God. But if Abraham wouldn't have heard from God again, amen, if he wouldn't have been able to hear God say, okay, now stop, you went this far, now hear what I'm saying to you right now, and do not slay that child, I've got a ram for you. You heard from God, but you've got to keep hearing direction. You've got to keep hearing God's help for you. Amen. But too often we get in the battle and we're fighting. We get war weary and we start to, to, to just step back and say, God, I, I understand this. David was a man who understood warfare. He understood battles. He knew what he was doing, but he could never trust in his own might or his own strategy. He needed God to direct his life. Amen. There's a breakthrough that you need. And God is a God of breakthroughs. God's going to help you get the victory that you're praying for in that specific need in your life. When the enemy comes against you like a flood, God's got a standard. God's got a, a path to follow his flag into that place of breakthrough. But in the meantime, can I tell you while you're waiting on God, while you're praying, while you're waiting on direction and, and, and wisdom... Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We're not going to slumber. We're not going to get lazy in our prayer time. We're not going to start to just go through the motions of, 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 uh, uh, of trying to be spiritual. We've got to be sensitive to God's Spirit. Ephesians six ten. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil is not going to be as predictable as you might think. The word wiles means trickery. He's deceptive. He's subtle. Amen? Bible talks about how the enemy lays out snares to entrap God's people. Amen. A man like David that we're talking about was able to be ensnared in sin, and it caused him much harm throughout the rest of his life. Why? 
He should have been wiser. He should have been more alert. Praise God. David, that great man, I don't know how I could ever compare myself or any one of us could say what a what a man after God's own heart, what a what a, a heart of worship, a heart of service, a heart uh, of a shepherd. Praise God. But if David could fail in the way that he did, how much more ought we to be careful and walk circumspectly before the Lord? Amen. We ought not play with sin. We ought not play around in temptation. We ought to be wise, hallelujah, and understand that the devil is roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. I don't feel like we get this as serious as we need to, but the Bible is very clear. Throughout the Old Testament, we see these these wars and these battles that are being fought, and there is a warfare being waged against your soul and the people of that you love. Amen. The Bible says here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are so easily distracted by the natural. If we're not praying, we get frustrated, angry, and upset with people. But what's the devil trying to do in that? I have to constantly be praying and saying, God, I... I, I I, I see this with my natural eyes, but, but what do you want to do here in the spiritual? Amen. People that may be antagonistic, people that may purposely try to press your buttons, but God, if I can rise above that, if I can see the big picture of what's happening spiritually, I might not win an argument, but I might be able to win a soul. I, I might end up feeling like they, they, they got the best of me, but, but somehow did I do your will that you might be dealing with something that I can't see? Amen. You might be so smart that you can vest somebody with words easily. You can put somebody down quickly. You can make them look stupid or foolish, and you can mock so, so, so eloquently maybe. But, but, but what about hearing God's Spirit and being able to serve and minister and love for a better, greater purpose than all that? Amen. You might be able to win a fight. You may be able to win a debate. You may be able to, to just put somebody in their place where they got nothing else to say. But is there a way that you can take the Spirit of God that's in you and, and, and be a witness? Hallelujah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's looking at these next few lines here right before the service again. And and this is so much of what we have been already preaching. Listen to what it says. I, I don't know how that I can really just distinguish the different words that are used here. But understand one thing. The fight that's coming against you is not random in any way. I know the church has a really hard time. People have a really tough time. Sister Daphne was talking about the unity and the pulling together and and. and, and, and that, that kind of need for, for, for helping one another and, and that like a flock, amen? I, I know we've got trouble with that, but can I tell you the devil, the devil is, is good at it. The devil knows how to bring an assault that is organized. Look what it says. Every one of these words, every single one of them, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
there is an organized attack against God's people and against God's church. Amen. There's not too many days that go by that in my mind I'm, uh, I'm thinking about the things of God, I'm thinking about the church, I'm thinking about the battles that we're in. That I don't think about how armies and, and battles are fought. Sometimes I think about how there's a strong push in our nation, and I understand why. I, I, I think it's a good thing that, that people are so concerned that, that those that would put their lives on the line for, for national safety, soldiers would be honored. They would get the help and respect that they need. And, and I think that's noble. I think that's, that's great. But yet the same thing that makes a soldier to fight in a warfare that so often we question, why are they in this nation? Why were they over there? When they're over there, it's anything but godly, really. But we honor what it takes to be a soldier and the, the dedication and the sacrifice it takes. And all those noble, honorable traits just completely closing your eyes to all the questions of, is that really a, a noble cause? Is it a just cause to be over there doing that for them? Are they working in any sense of God's will, God's direction? Putting all that aside and taking every bit of honorable characteristics of a soldier and an army that is a blessing to us for our own national safety those exact same honorable characteristics that would make the church effective for the kingdom of God are looked at as odd and, and, and foreign. That I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't be. The Bible says to be like a soldier, to put on uh, the armor and to endure hardness like a good soldier. Amen. The Bible teaches us that we are part of this, this fighting unit. Amen. And, and I think about the ways, because the devil is fighting a very organized attack, a strategic attack against our families and against our church. And it's not going to be won by playing church. And I pray and I ask God to teach me, as David said, teach my hands to war, my fingers to fight. Help us, Lord, and help me to be a leader. Help me to 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 Go ahead and rally people together because it, it talks about a sad day when the one that holds up the standard falls. When the one that holds up the flag and says, come on, this is what we're fighting for, and he faints. And I say, God, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how many people just don't see the passion and the need to fight against this victory, help me to hold that high and rally people for the kingdom of God. But these words that I see, because I believe this is God's word. This isn't a novel for your entertainment. God said there are principalities, spiritual leadership, spiritual forces that have authority over demonic realms. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. 
This isn't a game. This isn't something you can just traipse through and say, hey, wow, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. But you know what? I got saved. People say, you know, we're going to be so surprised who we're going to see in heaven. I'm going to tell you, soldiers who fought, amen. People who dedicated their lives to the kingdom of God. People that said there's no turning back. There's no retreat. God, lead on. Amen. Because we are up against powers, rulers, amen, principalities, wickedness in high places. It's no time to to slack off. People that aren't praying aren't, aren't getting victory. People that aren't seriously pressing into the presence of God and getting strength in the Spirit are going under. Amen. Oh, they may tell themselves they're doing better than ever, but no, no, no. I'm telling you what, this crafty, subtle enemy is coming against your soul. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much you know the devil is fighting against God's people. We are guaranteed victory as long as we are in Jesus. We are guaranteed a breakthrough if we can just keep ourselves being led by the Spirit of God. But when we go rogue and we start getting ourselves so so independent and so so uh, out of sync with the army of God, can I tell you something? You'll never win a battle. You'll never get ahead. You can never get the victory coming against these principalities and powers and and, and rulers. With an attitude of rebellion and self-will. The Bible says we need to have the whole armor of God. I want to ask you today. I want to ask you. I want to challenge you today to check yourself. Do you have your armor? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. To resist in that evil day. What's the evil day? The day of temptation. The day of the battle. It's interesting, and I think it's very dangerous. Because when you're out on a battlefield, and you can, the scouts are coming back maybe and saying they're on their way, or maybe you can look out on the horizon and here they come in this kind of battle that we're talking about here many, many years ago. That's, uh, you can prepare yourself. But we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against spiritual wickedness. We're, we're in a spiritual battle for our souls. So, we need the whole armor of God to withstand, to resist the temptation to fail, to allow our, ourselves to fall from what we know we need to be in God. The devil to take us out of our place. Not just take us out of our, 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 our place in the church, where we're always there faithful, but our place in God's kingdom, our place where we can pray and know that God's going to hear us and answer, our place where we can ask God, is this the time we fight or is this the time we need to listen for direction and, and God leads? Are you hearing me today? We're not playing, we're not playing in this. It's not just another uh, denomination going through the the, the routine of, of being religious, it's a war. It's a battle. And if you're not involved in it, you're getting run over. If you're not fighting and, and praying and, and doing what God's called you, if you don't have the armor of God, you will not withstand. It's not that we don't love people. It's not that we don't have 
can I say confidence in people? It's just we don't have confidence in flesh. It's not a personal thing to say if you're not putting the armor on, it's obvious you've thrown it off. Don't be upset when I think you're probably not going to be able to do real good when the battle comes. Amen? I'm not saying you're doing horrible now, but it's a problem waiting to happen in the evil day. Amen? There's people that are doing well and they're saying, I'm doing good and don't you dare think anything less of me. I'll take offense if you think for some reason I'm looking to, I, I, I'm looking to backslide. I'm looking to, I'm not, I don't want any of that. The devil wants you to be lost. So if you are casual and don't have the whole armor on, you will not be able to withstand no matter what you, it's like, like Peter that said, I'll never deny you. Hello, are you praying? Ah, come on, my mind's made up. There's power in a made-up mind, not a made-up mind that doesn't have a prayer life. If you're not seeking God, if you're not uh, following Him closely, it doesn't matter in the easy time how you feel like, hey, I can make this. I, there's not a bit in my mind that even wants that. If you're not careful, it wants to destroy you. So take on the whole armor of God while you're waiting for your breakthrough, while you're waiting for that time for God to give you that miracle. Make sure you have your armor on today. Say, Brother Foster, I have not gotten my breakthrough yet, but I'm believing God. Well, let me talk to you while you're waiting for that. Are you standing in that evil day? Are you able to resist when the devil comes? Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth. If you don't reinforce truth in your life, if you don't listen to those truths you've always known, you've always loved, if you don't back that and say, I love that, I need that, I'm learning more about that, I'm reading the Bible, I'm not skimming over that, I need to understand there's just one God today, I need to understand, I know I'm baptized in His name today, I need to understand what the Holy Ghost signifies and what that means in my life and how much I need it, and I'm not going to tune that out, I'm not going to say that's kindergarten, I need that reestablished in my life, you can let it slip. There are people today that don't believe any church is different than any other church. We're all going the same place that once knew without a shadow of a doubt there's only one way to get to heaven. How does it slip? Somehow you didn't allow the truth to be girt about in your time where you're standing. Amen? And when the enemy comes and you allow truth to just slip away, the enemy takes you farther than you ever planned on going. How about righteousness? How about all the challenging scriptures that we read in the uh, Sermon on the Mount? How about looking at what it means to be holy? Is that part of your life? Does it matter? Do you pray about that? Do you walk in that? When you walk out of this house and you're living at home, is there righteousness in your home? The way you talk, the way you text, the way you email, the way you are on your phone, is it godly? When you're at your job, are you righteous? Are you standing for God? Can I tell you, if you don't have righteousness on as a breastplate, you're not going to be able to stand against the enemy. Righteousness isn't something we can just slip off and then put it on when we're getting ready for church. Truth and righteousness need to be a part of who we are throughout the week, part of our identity. I love this truth. 
I love living for God. Amen. It's not something we turn on and turn off. It's not something that we, we, we take off when we're, it's not convenient. Be right. Be righteous. Be honest. Live a clean life. Why is it so hard for people? Why? It, it, it amazes me that people somehow think living right is, is such a joke. Can I tell you, praise God, what a blessing, what an honor it is for God to take out this filthiness of my heart and mind and, and put His holiness in me. Amen. To, to treat yourself like something of dignity in the way you dress, in the way you express yourself. Praise God. Not letting yourself be drugged through the mud and the things you listen to, the things you look at. It's, let God... Put clean things in your heart and mind. Because if you don't, the evil day's coming. The battle's coming. And you're gonna you don't want to break through. You don't want to to fall. Verse fifteen, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Always prepared to go. Always prepared to do. Always prepared to love. Always prepared to serve. Always prepared to witness and tell somebody how good it is to be a child of God. That's a part of the armor. God didn't just leave that out, that it's an option. No, you got to have your boots on. Amen. you got to be always prepared to be doing God's will whenever there's an opportunity. Above all, somebody say above all. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Why has the devil attacked your faith so much? Why has your faith been so obviously under attack you know it has been why has that 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 battle happened because that's a shield against the fiery darts of the wicked if the bible says above all you take that shield of faith because if you drop that you are open target he doesn't even have to get up and come across the room to get you he just shoot his fiery arrows right from where he is if your faith is is not strong praise god you're going to fall in the day of adversity You've got to check up on your faith. If you're having a battle in faith, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Get your faith back. Amen. You fight to get it back as a shield that you can be safe in the day of battle. The helmet of salvation. One thing that maybe I had not recognized until I became a pastor, but how important it is for Christians who have been to the altar of repentance, who have been baptized in his name for the remission of their sins, have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But years later, praise God, question, do I have it? Question, am I, am I really still a child of God? Question whether this is really just, uh, uh, just going through the motions. Am I really, can I tell you every day, it's a helmet. It is a, it is a pivotal piece of your armor to cover your head, to keep yourself safe from being, to fall, from falling in the, in the day of battle. To know, to have an assurance, not an eternal security, but a security that is in God, that you know that you're saved, you know how you got saved, you know how you kept being saved. Amen. That you don't go through the days. I've seen people that have come to the, the hardest battle in their life and didn't recognize that maybe weeks and weeks and months or even years, I've been struggling with the fact if I'm really even a child of God. And now the battle comes. You need that helmet on long before the enemy shows up. Amen. 
you need to know you're saved. Sometimes some of you might think, man, you're way off target. This, this idea of just, just getting into that idea that they've got peace and we've got rest and we're, we, we've got this. I'm telling you, people struggle with knowing whether they're saved or not. Good folks said, let that slip off their head. Amen. Sword of the Spirit. Somebody say the Bible. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So important that this is a part of your life. Read it. Let it be a part of you. Let it cleave to your hand like the man in the Old Testament, the Eleazar, I believe it was, that, that just had that become a part of who he was. Let the Word be a part of your life. Talk about it. Read it. Don't let a day go by where you don't open up its pages and just, just take the time to, to love the Word of God. Pray Scriptures. Amen. Talk about scriptures in your home. Amen. Ask questions about the Bible. Don't just let it go. Let the word be a part of your armor and praying, having a prayer life, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ask yourself the question. Praise the Lord. Do I have do I have the armor on? Am I praying? It doesn't give a specific piece of armor for this. It doesn't say it's a shield or a sword or, or a hand grenade or something else. It's prayer. And it's a part of a child of God's life that if it is missing, if it is weak, if it is slipping, you might say my prayer life isn't what it once was. Let's, let's call it what is it slipping. You've got to be going in the right direction or, it's, or you're losing it. Let prayer reestablish and re re-energize you let let prayer be a, a help for you throughout the day and a time of of strength god is a god of breakthroughs god is a god of answered prayers that will help you get the victory you need but while we're waiting on that breakthrough we got to stand We've got to stand strong, and when that evil day comes, we can have victory and have a breakthrough that we can, we need, amen, and that we're praying for, praise God, if we are standing in God's truth properly. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Sister Katie, can, can, can you come up and play something on the keyboard, please? I'm praying for your breakthrough. God wants to give you the answer that you need. But while we wait on God's time and we trust Him, when we're calling on Him saying, God, I, I'm going to follow You. I'm going to be led by You. You have to be honest with yourself. How's that armor? Is it part of your life? Is it a strong part of who you are? Is everything in its place? Is everything taken well care, good care of? I talked to a man I worked with a while back who was a Marine and I, I asked him questions about his training things I guess probably pretty well known but the man I asked him about how well he knew his his weapon 
And he said he was trained to break it down, put it back together quickly, trained to do it blindfolded so he could do it in the dark. And he lit up when he was talking about his weapon. And he said, I have a tattoo on my on my side, a picture of the weapon that I carried and a portion in his words, he said that could only be described as a prayer that we would say every night before we went to bed about our rifles. He said it was a it was a part of me, it was a part of my identity. And I thought how many in this world would think that's just the neatest thing they've ever heard. But when somebody says, love your Bible, be strong in faith. Pray to Jesus and He'll be a father and a friend to you. It's too much. That kind of dedication is over the top. People are falling. The devil, the Bible talks about casting down the strongholds, pulling down strongholds, imaginations. People's minds are so confused, so full of hurt, so full of anger. The strongholds of the enemy have mixed up and messed up a lot of good people. It's part of the battle. It's part of the battle. If you let the helmet slip, if you let the truth slip, if you let some some part of it, that's where the enemy is going to aim. It's really no different. The natural soldier that learns how to fight, that learns how to stand, that dedicates himself to a cause. We want breakthroughs. But can we be soldiers of God's army? We want victories, but we don't want the fight. We want the glory of overcoming. But we don't want the discipline of being a soldier. Help us, God. Help us, God. There are very real needs for breakthroughs in this church. Very real needs. and Principalities, powers, rulers, wickedness in high places. It's real. Deception. It's real. We don't have to be preoccupied. The devil tries so hard to get you preoccupied with flesh and blood. But what's your place in this army? What's your place in this battle to bring victory? God will give you direction. God will give you orders if you just listen. Seek Him. He'll show you what you need to do. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, you're so good. Sister Katie plays something. Let's find a place to talk to the Lord. Let's seek God. I want to ask you to take some time either tonight before you leave or sometime throughout the week and look at each part of this this armor. The helmet, the breastplate, 
the girding of the loins, the, the boots, sword, the shield, prayer. For your own safety, for your own salvation, check and make sure each part is in its place, doing what it's meant to do. Oh, yes. David had an army of mighty men. I read through the catalog of strong soldiers in his army. There were problems. Problems with the soldiers, problems with the mighty men, the generals, even problems with David. Shortly after David catalogs the mighty men, he brings the ark back into Israel. And in the midst of all that, he, he does it improperly and a man dies. It was a mistake. It was a, a problem that needed to be fixed. God's army is filled with men and women like you and I that need to continually have God's direction and help. We can look around and each soldier has weakness. Each soldier has problems. And, but let's do our part to be strong, to stand in the evil day. God's army in that day, it was, can I say, it was far from perfect, but God used it to bring victory. God's got a church made up of men and women who are have real battles, real struggles. But if we let God be God and we put on this whole armor, we can stand and overcome and have a breakthrough. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, God, you grant them strength and, and help each one to examine themselves. To take the time to look at the armor, to be safe, to be secure as we hold on and wait for you to work in a great way. Help us not to be weary and casual, careless. But help us, Lord, to be strong in you and the power of your might. Oh, yes, God. Let's all stand. Father, we love you. We worship you. Holy name. Can you just lift your hands and thank him for his presence here tonight? Thank him for truth. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your help today. Devil's fighting your mind. Devil's fighting against what you believe, what you stand for. You need to put on the armor. God's going to bring victory while we stand and wait for Him. Father, we love you so much. Bless your people now, God. Keep us, keep us, Lord, and work through us. God, help us to be strong and to do exploits for your kingdom, God. We love you so much. God, keep your hand upon us as we travel. Bless each family, each home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Pray for Brother Baker's flight tomorrow. Pray that he gets here safe. And pray for the service Wednesday. We're going to all wear our best.
church closed Wednesday.